When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Get Booked listeners. Welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's just about books we can't resist shouting about. This is Amanda Nelson, and today's Hand Cell is Matrix by Lauren Groff. Let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Diana Dixon has a busy summer and no time for tall, gorgeous hockey player Shane's shenanigans. Because you know what? If they shenan once, they'll shenan again. So she thinks she knows exactly who he is when he moves into her apartment building. But turns out Shane's sick of hookups and tired of being on the rebound after his long-term girlfriend called it quits. But when his ex comes back into the picture, he needs a plan. And who better to play his new girlfriend than his sassy new neighbor? So a a fake relationship might be perfect for Diana's own ex issues, but Diana is used to living by the rules. Will she learn that when it comes to love, rules are meant to be broken? Make sure to check out The Dixon Rule by L. Kennedy. L. Kennedy is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with over a million copies of her books sold. So this is going to be another banger, y'all. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. All right. Matrix is the new historical fiction novel from Lauren Groff. Lauren Groff is an auto-read for me. I will read anything that she puts out all the time forever. Uh, And if you've read her before, most notably, she's most famous for Fates and Furies. Uh, She is very good at writing about women's rage and has been chewing on that and considering that and writing about that for many years. And you can tell, I think, that Matrix was written during the Trump era. So this is about uh, a woman named Marie, Marie de France, who is 17 when the book opens in the year 11 something. It's in the 1100s. I don't remember exactly. And she lives in the court of Henry II. She is his half sister. 
She is a product of rape. And so she's not legitimized by any means, but it's acknowledged that she's the half-sister of the king. And she is in love with Eleanor of Aquitaine, who's a pretty famous uh, medieval queen who ruled France and England in different periods of time of her life. And so when she's 17, Eleanor sends her away to be the new prioress of an abbey. So she's sending her to a nunnery. Get thee to a nunnery, right? And she's going to run it. That's what a prioress does. She's going to run the nunnery as a way to get her out of her hair, essentially. When Marie arrives at the nunnery, she realizes that all of the nuns, the nuns are starving. They're also in the middle of like an outbreak of some mysterious disease. So they're dying left and right. And at first, Marie is like, I hate this. <laughs> she writes some poems and sends them to Eleanor, hoping to be recalled. It doesn't happen. So finally, she shakes it off and decides she's going to make a life here. And so she takes over. She takes over the nunnery. And through a series of both visions, of visions that she has that she feels like are showing her what to do uh, with the Abbey and her own just iron will and, a, and like desire to survive and resist the oppression that women and religious women who have no male protection, especially experience at the time, she turns the Abbey from like a starving kind of hellscape into the wealthiest thing, like the wealthiest community really in the country and rivals most of the nobility. And so Marie is based on a poet, a real poet named Marie de France, who lived at this time who nobody knows anything about. There's like a theory that she was Henry II's half-sister who like ran Marie of Shaftesbury, who like ran a, a nunnery, but there's no real evidence. We don't, we don't know for sure. But so this is loosely based on a real person. And so it's just about her life. Like you meet her when she's 17. She goes to the nunnery when she's 17. And then you're with her through her death when she's in her 70s or 80s. And every year, you're, you know, the, you feel the rhythms of life in this place, this like very cold, gross, <laughs> gross kind of like there's no running water, you know, there's no heat, like the details that that Groff instills in this portrayal of living in a stone nunnery in 1100 is it's really really brutal but this is a group of women who band together around one really strong personality and isolate themselves in order to prosper they become completely self-sufficient and develop their own like sheriff their own guards their own abilities to defend themselves marie builds a labyrinth around the abbey so that People can't just come, like men can't just come whenever they want. And it is really like a treatise about isolation as a form of resistance. And I think that that's why it's so evident that this was written in the Trump era, because retreating from systems of oppression, banding together and becoming sufficient, learning to live in your own joy and learning to create your own kind of world was, I think, a, a, a defense mechanism that a lot of women used in the Trump era and are continuing to use, especially as things like, you know, what's going on in Texas happen. So it's, it's a super modern look at feminist resistance through a nun in 1100, which is just, how do you do that? Lauren Groff's brain is amazing. I didn't know anything about this book going into it. I've said this before, but I don't read synopses of books before I read them. I'm like, depending on people telling me bits and pieces about it. I, so I had no idea what this was about. Literally no idea. I did not know it was about a nun. I didn't know it was in a nun. I didn't know anything. And at first I was like, you wrote a book about a nun? <laughs> but it's it's so great. It, it's fully deserving of any and all awards that come its way. I think it was already, it was a finalist for the National Book Award. Yeah, so well, well deserved. So that is Matrix by Lauren Groff. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink. 
You can find more recommendations at bookriot.com and the rest of our podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. If you have feedback, you can send that to us at getbooked at bookriot.com. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to talk to us, you can find me online. I'm on Instagram at I'm Amanda Nelson. And we will be back next week. 